when you got saved, you are told there is something called favor you can receive from God. Correct? You are told there is something called grace you can receive from God. Correct? Now, when you are told these things, what did they mean to you? For me, when I was a young Christian, I thought because I have favor and I go play Kenya charity sweepstakes and I scratch that thing, the favor must ensure that I win. But is that favor? Is that favor? What is grace? When I tell you that God has given you grace, what does grace do? I did not say who, what. You're thinking about the grace, the cheek. <laughs> I don't even need to hear the joke. <laughs> right? So, what does grace do for you? No, think about it. <laughs> you need to get saved. Let me ask Linda. Right? You've been told God has given you grace, right? So, Today you didn't have grace, tomorrow you have grace. What changes in your life? <laughs> it's a genuine question. <laughs> Just answer how you think. Yes. You'll forgive other people. No, Forgiven. But that's mercy. <laughs> now, you see how the most common prayer in Christianity is made the grace, right? It's prayed more than 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 our Father who art in heaven, right? But we don't know what that grace is. Listen to the words. May the grace, not the, may the grace of our Jesus. So it's not my grace. It is His grace, right? Uh-huh. Continue. And the love of and the okay suppose so grace from Christ love from God and of the Holy Spirit are the three things that Christ that that Paul wishes on you okay so let's look at that entire thing right Jesus gave you grace to do what God's love, maybe you understand. Okay. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? Are you fellows with the Holy Spirit? Yet you prayed. After every family meeting. And now may the grace of Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Telling you that grace, love and fellowship is a quantum you will need even after you die. Correct? 
but you don't know what it is. Can I tell you, give you an analogy? It is like being told, may the petrol, may the petrol, the oil, and the coolant be with your car now and forevermore. Now you see, if you are into cars, you understand what I've just said. Because you know a car cannot operate without those three fluids, right? Now the problem is you are a Christian car and you do not know what is the difference between the oil, <laughs> the coolant, and the petrol. So your petrol is in the where the oil is supposed to be. The oil is in the engine. <laughs> There's petrol in your coolant. <laughs> because you don't understand. Now, that is called the life. But there's a certain way. You see, if you're going to define life, you must define what it consumes in order for it to perform. So that's how you define life. Right? If you are defining an elephant, you'll say it's an animal that eats vegetation with its trunk, and when it eats vegetation, it can grow big and have big ears. Correct? Now, your spiritual life, your born-again life, is fed by grace and mercy and love and fellowship, and you do not know those things. So what happens is you live a malnourished life. A lot of Christians have marasmus, and how you know you have marasmus, it's very simple. Just check how quickly you crumble when pressure shows up in your life. That's how, you see, it says if you faint in the day of trouble, then how weak is your faith? You understand? If you faint in the day of trouble, meaning that when the day of trouble comes, you should not faint. Because of the quality of life you have. Right? Right? But because you do not understand how to feed this new life that you have, every time trouble comes into your life, you crumble. So that's something else that we need to define. Because the quality of life that Christians live is they are given a new life and they still feed it the things of the world. So you are born again. Let me give you an example. If Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation, right? Now imagine if you are a new creation but you eat the old things. How soon before you die? <laughs> you understand? So the Christian life, this life you are born again into, requires that you feed it different things from what you used to feed before. True or false? Because why else would you be born again and be on the same diet? So there's another diet, and that's what is called the life. But he says something. He says something else. He says the truth. Now, if there's something that's troubling, it is the truth. Because what the heck is the truth? Why are you in town today? So is that the truth that Christ is talking about? When Christ is saying, I am the truth, what does he mean? What does he mean? And then, to make it even worse, he says, doers of the truth. Be doers of truth. How do you do truth? In our English vocabulary, what we know 
is, is that we say the truth, right? And shame the devil. <laughs> right? We, we, we do not know how to do the truth or which of you does truth. Exactly. What is it? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> Who's the doers of the truth? How do you do truth? Okay, let me ask a simpler question. How is Jesus the truth? So if you ask me if I was in town and I tell you uh, and I tell you yes I was, have I done truth? I've spoken truth. So in saying the truth, have I said Jesus? Eh? I, I want to take you to James chapter 1 verse uh, 22. Right? Can I make your life harder? Now, I want you to look at James 1.22 and I want you to look at the term doer. Right? Um, I want you to see something. A doer when he says be doers, right? Not just here. He says a maker, a producer, an author, a doer, one who obeys or fulfills the law, a poet. Uh, I will leave that confusion there. Let us go back to our text. When you go to the same John 17, 17. Uh, Jesus says something very interesting. He says, sanctify them. Right? Purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself and make them holy by the your word is so first hint the word and the truth are And how you become holy is not by wearing sackcloth. Becoming holy is by hearing the truth. Correct? All right, all right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. Should I? There's this thing people like to say all the time. Without holiness, it is impossible to see. I agree. But they don't understand holiness. Because holiness is the result of sanctification. Correct? Now, sanctification and holiness, to be holy is to be separate. It is not to be sinless. Let me tell you how it works, Kamsa. Huh? So, 
This is how it works. Right? Linda stand as well. Okay? Holiness. Okay? It's this. You hear the truth. You're not being raptured. Okay? Uh, you will wait for Jesus. Right? So that's the truth. Now, if you accept the truth and you live according to that truth, right? And Linda says, eh, 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 me, I'm not changing my mind. Okay? I am sticking to, I shall be raptured two days before the Antichrist is revealed. Right? And she stays there. What will happen? This fellowship will separate. This one will become holy, that one unholy. It's a very simple thing. Truth will always separate you, true or false. That is called sanctification. And what happens? The more truth you have, the more clearly you can see God. Are we together? Because the sharper your senses are in perceiving Him. Are we on the same page? So when you say, sanctify me, unitakate, it is not something, you know, you imagine God is going to wash up, show up and purge your heart with hyssop because that's what that's what Nani wrote David I think it's in Psalms 42 right cleanse my heart with hyssop so now imagine that he's going to come and scrub your heart no 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 when God wants to change your heart because here Jesus is saying sanctify them purify consecrate separate them for yourself make them holy by the truth not by going on a mountain and crying the whole time. So, <laughs> now I'm holy. No. How is he sanctifying you? By truth. By truth. So the thing that washes you is truth. The thing that you hate most. So what happens in this fellowship, right? This is what happens all the time. Kuna fellowship ya watu watatu. Right? And truth comes. And it says, listen, you're not going to live forever in heaven. You're going to live in the new earth. Right? Immediately what will happen, there will be two camps. The one that accepts the truth and the one that does not. The one that accepts the truth is sanctified. The one that does not is unholy. Hey, what becomes of the unholy? Obviously, destruction. Because then you've rejected the word. Yeah. Many will say, Lord, and did I not cast out demons in your name? Did they not? You know, I keep telling you, the activities of the sanctified and the unsanctified may look the same. Simina word to preach at the same time, the same Jesus. No, but the activity is the same. There are people listening as you speak. 
you understand? Now, the process of sanctification is based on your ability to accept truth. That's it. That's why Jesus said, blessed is the one who is not offended. When you are still at that place, when you are told the truth, it offends you. You cannot be sanctified. You understand? You can't be. So what happens a lot of the time, truth is offensive. <coughs> Most of the time, Kwanza, when he tell you the truth about your personal character, ah, very offensive. So the more you reject truth, the less you can be sanctified. So do you understand what holiness is? So you wearing sackcloth, crying the whole night, my friend. If you cannot accept truth, you cannot be sanctified. Are you on the same page? Same planet at least. Are we on the same page? So you understand what holiness is? Holiness is the ability to accept truth that sanctifies you. That's it. You understand? It is truth that sanctifies you. You guys may sit. Have I destroyed that cult in your head of what you used to think holiness was? <laughs> now, he says, your word is truth. Okay? Your word is truth. Okay? I will attempt to explain to you what truth means. For every one of us, when I tell you that the when it rains on you, you will get wet, right? You do not know it here. It's not a scientific notion. It is something you know to be true. You understand? And, and, and truth is deeper than fact. I don't know if they're making sense. In other words, if you ask someone whether witchcraft works, the one who believes in it without any scientific proof will tell you it is true, it works. Right? Okay. So what then is truth? Truth is the inner assumptions of life you assume to be fact. Okay. Let me tell you the things that you consider true because you are Kenyan. A Kenyan believes it is true that if you have a business plan you tell no one because what wako mdomombaya or shetani atasikia, right? Correct? Now, a lot of Kenyans believe that thing. Sindio? And they take it as truth. And they live their life by that truth. Sindio? It is not here, it is here. Correct? Right? Now, that assumption 
then becomes it is not something you think about it is something the inside of you is sure is real <laughs> another one cleanliness is next to godliness right it is something that you've been told so many times if you are like me i once looked for it in the bible and i couldn't find it because it was true for me and it bugged me because i would never be next to godliness because i was not the cleanest kid really bugged me or another one god helps those who help themselves and you worked your life based on that assumption yeah okay and therefore therefore i want you to notice something that that truth is not encoded in your mind it is encoded somewhere else because it cannot be replaced by information ah, ah. i'll give you an example in this country we we see this all the time you try and tell a kikuyu elder with a phd right in sociology and tell him an uncircumcised luo can lead a country is that thing going to fly how much scientific fact do you need to give him he will still not believe you correct because you are giving him information you're not giving him truth because the truth that he has automatically makes assumptions in him even before he thinks <laughs> i'll give you another thing how many women in kenya today believe that if you marry a white person it's an automatic ticket to wealth many right <laughs> yeah and that that belief be, before she even reads the white man's cv the interest of a white man already she's concluded where she's going right now listen listen this is carefully that inner person is what the bible calls the heart because god says i will write my law on their hearts not their mind because the mind is where you go and you study engineering right the heart is the one that still makes you a villager even after you went to new york you understand what i mean now a lot of us know how to change our mind correct you went to solve a mathematical problem you got it wrong you changed your mind and you are fine correct a lot of us do not know how to change our hearts i'll make it very simple right if if you ask the average christian uh, how easy is it to forgive they will tell you depending on what was done to me can be very easy like if you didn't call me and you promised to call me i can forgive you very easily 
but if you owe me 10,000 bob, hey, that's a bit hard, correct? Now, because, and then you will tell me it is a process to forgive, right? Because what you are hoping is in the passage of time, your heart will change by itself, right? Now, notice that God writes to them in Isaiah and he says, rend your hearts and not your garments, correct? Now, it is easy to repent with your garment. That's easy. But how do I tear my heart? Correct? Now, repentance is then the ability to replace the truths in your heart. Did you hear what I said? Repentance is not a change of activity. Because, let me explain, you can stop beating up people when you're angry at them. But you still hate them in your heart. Have you really changed? So repentance must be the ability to stop beating them in your Now repentance is your responsibility. Okay. I'll give you another example. You are told that when you die, there is no heaven you're going to, to eat endless fruits and sing kumbaya, right? Right? Now, when you discover that for the first time, you realize it does not affect your brain. Because your brain can synthesize. Your brain can think through and say, by the way, that doesn't make sense. But your heart because it is invested in the idea becomes hard to change and the more it is said to you the more you become offended right so the problem then becomes that the reason why Christians are not successful in as far as the truth and the word is concerned is because they store the information in their head and not their hearts. And I'm touching the right part. In other words, what I'm saying is the information hits your conscious and not your subconscious. The heart is not here. Are we on the same page? <laughs> okay. The heart, the heart in the Bible is not this one. You see, again, you need to repent. Because you, you know when you did biology, the only thing your heart does is pump blood. Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> but the truth is I love you with all my heart. <laughs> right? But you know, you know scientifically that all of that stuff happens in your brain. The correct term to say is I love you with all of my brain. Okay. <laughs> 
Now, it is, it is that understanding that your heart is involuntary and out of your control that you think that you are not supposed to be in charge of managing your subconscious. Because you think your subconscious is an automatic, never-ending thing. Right? Misi pendangi wa hindi. Give you two. Right? And you say that because you believe that your subconscious mind is outside of your control. Yet the promise of God specifically is he will write his law on your heart. Not on your mind. Right? So what is it to write his law in our hearts? is to change the truths we accept as fact in our subconscious mind. Let me, let me give you an example. A friend of mine was having a migraine in the morning. And I told them, uh, you know, a migraine is your choice. Now you see, you're already offended. <laughs> right? Just the same way I tell people depression is a choice. You understand? Now, the offense is based on the fact that you have some truths that your doctor told you over many years that migraines affect a certain percentage of a population and that's how it is. You just have to manage it. You forget that that same doctor cannot explain what a migraine is. Annie, you are a doctor. Is there a medical explanation for a migraine? No, is there? Is there one? Can you say migraines are caused and treated by? No, you can't. But, no, the, uh, everyone can explain. It's a very bad headache. <laughs> No, but the point is, here, here's the thing. You go to someone who themselves don't know exactly what it is, but they tell you how to treat it, and you believe them. Okay. Let me put it to you in perspective. And let me ex explain to you how faith works, which is probably a class that is five knees down. Right? Because I have a new revelation of what faith is, but anyway. Huh? Need define? Five classes or five years. In fact, you're quite right. Listen. When uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I might confuse some. Suffice it to say this, okay? If you are somewhere in a room, okay, or you are in trouble, okay, have you ever noticed you can talk to yourself? You, you notice that in your head there are two people. 
there's the real you that can talk to you. Have you ever realized that? Yeah? Especially when you're doing an, a very weird scene. You come out of your body and you're like, nigga, what are you doing, man? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I am sure a lot of the time you can experience that there is a you that tells you and questions you, right? The whole point of knowing the truth is that that you is equipped to handle you. So David put it like this. He said, why are you disquieted, O my soul? He was telling his soul and questioning it, you, what is happening? Because he understood that David is in charge of David's soul. It is not David's soul that is in charge of David. Aha. That is skill number one to truth. To understand that you are in charge of you. So you have to practice within yourself to stop Sijiski, you know what? Where, where you, you want to wake up in the morning and your body tells you, nah, and you're like, wake up. It's like, nah, wake up. No. You know that struggle? Isn't that funny? That you are telling you to do something and you is not doing it? No, you've experienced that. Now, the whole point of learning to be a doer of the word. Guys, <laughs> are missing me. Let me stand. To learn to be a doer of the word is to have the ability of you being in charge of you. In other words, when you hear a truth that you don't like from the word, you have the ability to tell you, eh, eh, listen, this romantic idea you have about kuzunguka kitichaenzi, it ends today. Now, that's you telling you. Yes. Are, are, are we... Are we getting somewhere? Yes. Usually, mm. now that I've learned it's just another me, because mm. when the questions come in, at times I'm like, Paula, you're not even that intelligent. Mm. So I thought it was the Holy Spirit. Is there any connection? Now, let me tell you. Eh? You see, you must first learn the you that is you understand? Now, it's a good question. Because many people hear the Holy Spirit but they do not know their internal voices. So you don't know whether it's you or the Holy Spirit. So you're confused. But that's because you've not learned to tell yourself. Okay, let me, let me explain. Depression, and, and by the way, 
you know people will say you 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 you're, you're not a doctor you're not a what i used to suffer depression right if your doctor has not treated you i treated myself using the word so talk to the hand let, let me put it to you in perspective right when you are depressed your inner voice constantly tells you you can't it's too hard give up lay here right now, did you notice if you just changed that voice, you'd be fine? <laughs> That's it. Because, think about it when you're depressed. I'm so useless. Right? Notice that in that internal space, all of depression is words that you tell yourself. Yes, it's true. If all of it, if anyone has ever experienced depression, you realize it is lies you tell yourself inside. True or false? If you change the story inside you, okay, even your biology changes. Doctors will tell you those who have a positive attitude towards their disease will heal faster, correct? Right? They will also tell you if you have a positive attitude in life, you also release the right hormones. True or false? <laughs> but you see, you can choose and say that your truth is you must live forever on psychotropic drugs to survive. You can tell yourself. Right? But there are documented cases of people who've told themselves they are beating cancer and the cancer died. True or false? Because that actually is faith. Okay, let me steal from a future someone I bring here. Okay? Notice there is a woman with the issue of blood. Correct? And if you read the Bible, every other person had formal permission to be healed by Christ. Either they talked or Christ out of his own volition healed them. Correct? This one sat in her house and she said, I have a plan. If I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Correct? Who was she talking to? Not God. She did not make a prayer to God and say, God, if I touch his garment. She told herself. And when she touched Jesus, she was healed. And what did Jesus tell her? Your faith has made you so Let me tell you another hint. Your faith has made you sick and has made you poor. In other words, the internal truth you tell yourself that you have believed has resulted in this.
here want to be rich? Rich. Money. You want money. A lot of money. Right? Right? Okay. Okay. So. Okay. It's. Uh, okay. Now. How many of you are doing the things that are required to make you rich. Now, I saw I saw I saw I saw two hands. Oliver, what what are you doing to make sure you're rich? hope I'm in the right direction. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> what what I'm doing is okay, yes. Okay, there's faith. But yeah. when I'm looking at my life, every step that I've made <laughs> there's too much to unpack. So, uh, there's a verse that says, God leads my steps. That's what I. That, that, that will lead you to righteousness and godly living, to not lead you to wealth. Let me give you a very simple. Hey, righteousness. No, no. No, the, and, and, and Oliver, thanks for having the boldness to share. Yeah? Let me, let me put it to you in perspective, right? In Africa, in Africa, more Africans believe that wealth is a matter of luck or magic or joining or giving, offering or whatever than they do think that it's a function of an activity. Right? The truth of the matter is a lot of us, your plan to get a house is one day I will get a house. That's, that's predominantly your plan. Right? It's as if your mind skips the step that if you literally took two stones every day, transported them from where you stay to your piece of land somewhere in Kamulu, in five years you'll have a house. It, it skips that step. It, it, it skips the, the, the fact that there are practical things you can do to actually become wealthy. It's not rocket science. Can I tell you how you become wealthy? Find a service or a product to sell and multiply how much of that product and service you sell. 
every person has been wealthy the same way other than inheritance wait am i, am I saying the right thing right it's 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 not rocket science when i ask you how many of you are doing the things to be wealthy it's a very simple answer i make phones right all i need to do is find a way to make many phones and find many people to buy my phone i'm wealthy correct it's not rocket science but the reason why you cannot give me that So what you've done your entire life is miss out on the easy opportunities and looked for the hard ones because your truth tells you hard equals hard. And changing that truth and believing in it is called repenting hard to make money. Yet for Safaricom it is easy. For KFC it is easy. Right? There are many people for whom what you find hard is easy. In fact, there are some people it is so easy they were born in it. But the center of your system believes it is hard. So it does not matter how many opportunities I mean how many scriptures you will read, it will always be hard for you. So what happens is this. I'll give you an example of owning and building a house. Right? And and, and, and this I learned many years ago. <laughs> My mom, when um, so Igato, we lived in Igaton University for the longest time. And Igaton University is a strange place to live because a three-bedroomed house, right, with like half an acre compound, to this day is like five thousand bob rent. Yes, three-bedroomed house plus SQ. So three-bedroomed plus SQ to this day five thousand five hundred six Gs inside the university, right? So the house we used to live in, which I lived in since 1990 all the way to 2006-07 there, the rent was ridiculously cheap because this 5,000 I'm talking about is, I was being told two years ago that that's the going rate now. So you can imagine what it was in 1990. Okay? And then the section of the houses we used to live in the campus decided it makes better sense for them to be hostels. Which when I think about it, I think it's just stupidity. But anyway, so they decided they'll turn them into hostels. So they, they gave us an ultimatum to move out. So my mom decided that she's going to move out, but she's going to uh, build a small structure so she can move out. And her thing was, how can she move out and not spend a lot of money moving out? Right? So she discovered while they were remodeling the parts in the university, they were getting rid of the old pieces of square pavement, right? And then she did something that I found a 
amazing and ridiculous at the same time, but she's my mother, so you expect this. So she started putting in her little Toyota two pieces of the slabs she'd find discarded and dropping them at her shamba. Right? And lo and behold, she had a floor. Because all you needed to do was level the ground, pour a bit of gravel, and put a floor. And then she put up a nice log cabin to move into as she waited to finish her house. Right? You're like, wait, that's so simple. Yes? But the only reason you would not think like that is your truth of the house. What you believe a house is, when you close your eyes, the image you see is contractors and cement and that's who you see. So your mind is constantly focused that unless I can afford these truckloads of cement and this and this, I cannot have a house. So no matter which vision God gives you, and he tells you this time next year you can own a house, you wake up in the morning and you say, uh-uh, and you calculate, it comes to six million. And you look at your account, you have six more. They are like, ah, oh, God, you're joking. Yeah? Listen, I'll give you another example, right? If you have a piece of land, right, and you can get gunia, you know sacks, right? There are houses called earthbag houses. Not there. You take the soil in your shamba, put them in a gunia, put barbed wire between them, and build as many rooms as you can. That house will last a hundred years. Gunia ujazem changa. Then you use that gunia the same way you'd use bricks or stones, right? And you put it like that. And you put barbed wire in between so that it does not fall apart, right? Now, total gunias we calculated some time back with Oliver. You need about 30,000 worth of gunias, right? And you have a house, right? And by the way, the house does not need air conditioning because soil is very good at retaining heat. <laughs> and it's letting cold. Yeah. But because in your head, a house near Maui, now, that thing inside you that tells you the process of owning a house must be hard is the thing inside you that keeps you from living a victorious life. Are we on the same page? You see? <laughs> okay, let me go to John 1 1. Let me try and explain this from another angle. Okay? Are, are we on the. Am I, am I opening your minds a little bit? Are we. Are we, so, are we in the same universe? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, I want you to notice something that I find very disturbing about the scriptures I'm about to read. Eh? Okay? John 1.1 1, 1. In the beginning, before all time, was the word. 
way. If you're going to prepare yourself to do everything, why is the word the first thing? You know, we read it and you accept it. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Amen. Okay, but why? Why is the word in the beginning? Because eh? the word is a Because the word is a Right? Because when you read throughout the Bible, the thing the word and the gospel is compared to most is seed. So that tells you that the earth was programmed to respond to the word, not to sweat. Your expertise is sweat based. It is not seed based. If it is seed based, better your seed to the front man. No. His word is the seed. Okay? So before everything is made, the foundation of it is called the word. And that word, when you get it, you get God. Because the word is God. Huh. Can I give you one of the things I am wondering whether to say or not? You know when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? The only way you get to see God and experience God is through the Word. If you experience God in any other format, you can and will be deceived. If your proof of God is miracles, you will be deceived. If your proof of God is signs and wonders, you will be deceived. If your proof of God is the word, you can never be deceived. Story for another day. I shall... Uh, that sermon for how the Antichrist shall deceive the world. Coming soon. Because I've seen it. It's a, it's a work of beauty. Let me tell you, Christians will be the first to follow the Antichrist. Fast. These ones. You know when it says, when it says those days will be shortened for the sake of the elect. Ah, that means I'm scared. Because that thing, my friend, when you see it, you'll ask God, are you sure this is not you? That will be the question. 
friend will do? Many clues, but my friend, even me, I'm like, I, I'm not sure I want to be there because I might be deceived too. That deception is strong, but anyway. So he was present originally with God. And all things were made and came into existence through. And without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. So everything, everything was made through and by and for him, not as Christ, but as the word. important. Everything was not made for him and by him as the Lion of Judah. No. It was not made for him and by him as the Lamb. It was made for him and by him as the Word. And this is significant. Because what you put in the original recipe must be the most important thing. See Then it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, put it, uh, put it out or absorbed it or appropriated it, and is unreceptive. Now what is John saying? Speaking strange things. He's saying, first is what? The word. Then, through the word, everything was created. And in this word was also the life. And in this life was the light. Now you see, when you read your Bible, read John 1, 2, 3 and you ran through them and you're like, woohoo, I understand. So, if you go to Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth became formless and void. Right? And the spirit hovered over the surface of the waters in the deep. And God said, let there be this scripture and that scripture are the same. Because what happened? Light, right? So that light in Genesis is called Christ. Correct? Because we know that light is not the sun. The sun is created many days later. It's created four days later. So this light right is the light here the light of the word thy word is a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path correct hmm. so for you I'll skip the life part because we're going to talk about life another day for you to be able to walk the word must become light (laughs) 
you walk by faith not by sight right and faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word so we're talking about the same thing so for you to walk this life the word must become light light of men. The light of men. How does the word become light? Isn't that a strange saying? Okay, let me explain why it is strange. It is only among Pentecostal Christians that they will say the presence of God is here. Holy laughter, holy laughter. Right? And then you will come out of that divine experience and you will tell us how you felt. You feel Titus, you know what I mean? As a preacher, that's what I used to pursue, my friend. Now, notice everyone else in the Bible who God spoke to, they immediately knew what to do. Everyone else. It's just us who God speaks to and we do nothing. Everyone else God speaks to and they do something. Correct? Check your Bible. Now, question. Elijah is told by God go and anoint Elisha, right? When did Elijah anoint Elisha? He never did. Don't you find it strange? Isn't that disobedience? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Elijah is a weird prophet. He is told, go and show yourself to Ahab, right? What did God tell him? To show himself, right? What did he go and do? Call fire from heaven. loosely translated <laughs> Elijah had is one of the few people in the Bible 
who knew God, he didn't just hear instruction. You see, when you're close to your pal or your dad or your mom, right? When they tell you, say, to the base, right? They don't need to give you directions, drop your pin, do they? Right? Because you know them, you know what they're about. Correct? So Jesus put it like this. He said, whatsoever you ask in my name, it shall be done. Elijah knew the name of God. So to him, the word became light. He knew what to do. You understand? So when God tells him to anoint Jehu, he never bothered. Elijah never once looked for Jehu. Never once. of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. <laughs> uh, should I go there? Okay. Jesus uh, promised you something. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will lead you into all. Correct? Right? Telling you that you have the capacity to know all. And then he told you. When they accuse you, do not worry what you will say. The Holy Spirit will give you utterance. Correct? Alright. So let's study that word for a minute. How can you have the spirit that is supposed to lead you into all truth and be unable to study? Ah, let me put it in better English. How can you have the spirit that leads you into all truth and remain stupid? How can you have the spirit that leads you into all truth and you cannot tell the times? You cannot tell why the United States is attacking Iran. You can't tell. Why do you think they used to sit with the disciples and say, why do you speak with the tongue of the learned? Aren't you a fisherman? How do you understand the law? Hmm. People complain all the time. Oh, Mark Bichachi thinks he knows everything. I just laugh. I am supposed to know. Because if the creator who created everything lives in me, 
What can't he tell me? But you see, because your inner person believes that you are a certain amount of stupid, so you constantly have a voice telling you, "He hawezi." Right? Truth. You see, when I tell you you are supposed to be led to know all things, you find it offensive. Because you look at the things you do not know and you're like, I can't accept that truth. So, that word is the light of men. So how does it work? When you receive God and he tells you a truth and he tells you the rapture is not coming and he tells you to be like the days of Noah where people will be being married, right? And going about their business. What is he trying to tell you? When the Antichrist shows up, it will look just like every other Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It will look the same. Because when Jesus came, my friend, other than a few shepherds, who else knew? But to a census, we'll go to a census. My innkeeper, we'll go to innkeeper. My shepherd, we'll go to shepherd. No, the, there was no pomp. And look at every promise of God throughout the Bible. Oh, it happens so naturally, you miss it. It just happens. You see, when Nehemiah, is it Nehemiah was the cupbearer? It, it was Nehemiah. Nehemiah is just sad. He's thinking about Jerusalem. He's like, man, I'm so sad. He goes before the king and the king says, why are you sad? He said, by the way, I've been thinking about Jerusalem. King is like, Jerusalem and Weido, end of Jenge. You would imagine when Jeremiah and all these people are prophesying that the king would give money to reduce Jerusalem, what did you think they would have happened? There would be a high-powered delegation. That's how we think. But what is it? That when God gives you revelation, you begin to see his patterns in places where no one else sees it. You begin to see it. Because the rule is this, to him who has, much more will be given. So when you do not have understanding, guess what? Even the little you have is taken away. This is the Bible. Hey, listen, this gospel of ours is not for stupid people. You tell me one fool God used. And Gideon was a fool. And God said, I can use him. But I could have to jinga me to me go Bible. Tell me one. Because let me tell you another thing that will offend you. Stupidity is a choice. It is a choice. It is a choice. Okay. Am I clarifying? Are you seeing? Okay. 
So now, let's continue, right? Verse 6. There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. This man came to witness that he might testify of the light, that all men might believe in it, adhere, trust it, and rely on it through him. He was not the light himself, but came that he might bear witness regarding the light. There it was. The true light was then coming into the world, the genuine, perfect, and steadfast light that illumines every person. He came into the world and through and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him, did not know him. He came to that which belonged to him, to his own, his domain, right? Creation, things, the world. And they who were his own did not receive him and did not welcome him. But as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave them the authority and power and privilege, right, to become the children of God. That is, to those who believe, adhere to, and trust, and rely on his name. They who owe their birth neither to blood, nor to the will of the flesh, that of physical impulse, nor to the will of man, that is the natural father, but to God they are born of God. <laughs> and the word became flesh and tabernacled, fixed his tent of, of flesh, lived a while among us. And we actually saw his glory, his honor and his majesty. Such glory as an, an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. Very confusing stuff. Now notice. 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 They owe their birth not to bloods, not to the will of the flesh, not to the will of man. The simplest explanation is this that they are saved of God, and, and that's easy. Right? But what this is saying is their very existence is not tied to the natural world anymore. Okay. Let me explain what it means. That John was an apostle, yes? But born of what? You see, at the time there were priests, true or false? There were Pharisees and Sadducees, correct? Born out of the will of men. But they were born out of the will of God. In other words, what I'm asking is everything you birthed in your world, in your life, who planted this? Because a lot of the things that you've birthed are not from God. They're from your degree, from your mom, your dad, the world. You do not know how to birth from the word. Ooh. 
kweli. So your birth, the one you know, you are not birthed from the word. So your life is still tied to your bloodlines. It's still tied to the world, to your degree. And therefore, all of those parameters limit you. Because you're not born of God. <laughs> so Jesus, and take me to Mark. Right, Mark chapter 4. Not this Mark, that, that other Mark. The one who ran away naked. You know, Mark, the one who wrote this gospel, is the guy when Jesus was arrested, they saw two moons running. Okay? Now, I want to... Oh, thank God, I have some time. I want to unlock for you, if I can, because this is a difficult topic to explain, and I hope you're getting And if we need to repeat it, please tell me. Okay? <laughs> Not even finished. Now, listen to this carefully. I know I've shared this scripture. I've never had the privilege of unpacking it. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. Right? Because he's talking, Jesus has been talking. Right? And he's telling them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. Pause, pause, pause. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. Ah! 99.9% of Christianity dead in the water. What he's saying is this. That how the kingdom uses the truth to bring you success is this. That when you hear a truth, you apply yourself to study it. Let me explain. When I say that there is no rapture. Don't give me your emotional reaction nonsense. Go and study. Right? When you study and you change your subconscious, right, you trigger yourself to be given. So the reason you do not receive is not because you've not had, it is because you've not studied. And made it a truth that is true to you. Because every truth, no matter how insignificant you may think it is, 
has actually a portion of your success locked to it. I'll give you an example. Many years ago, actually in the year 2003, I discovered by reading the Bible that human beings are going to be resurrected and live in the new world. I never taught it for many years. Because a preacher had told me that sometimes you should not teach controversies. You know, there are things you know because you know you're at that level. Don't teach anyone else. Right? So I didn't. Because I was like, how does it affect, you know, if, as long as you're not smoking or drinking, why should you know where you're going? Right? Then one day, for me to teach it, God gave me a simple vision. He told me, imagine you're living in a hotel room. Right? And this hotel room is not my home. I'm just a passerby. No, 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 no. Right? How many paintings will you buy for your hotel room? How many times will you redecorate your hotel room? You, you never do. Because for as long as you're passing by, you will never do anything permanent for the place you're passing by. So the reasons why Christians are not interested in fixing the earth is because this world is not their home. They're just passing by. So whether it ends in a deluge of water because we increased carbon, the American Christian does not care because they have an embassy in Jerusalem so that Jesus can come through the embassy. You, you understand? Because why are they building and taking care of a hotel room? So we have to tell them, no, 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 no. Listen, after Jesus comes back, this hotel room, you will still live here for a thousand years with your exaggerated carbon levels. You will stay here. Then suddenly when you discover, wait a minute, this carbon will make me suffer in this life. And then when I'm resurrected another thousand years, hey, it changes your mind. So it may not seem to you that that revelation is important, but you understand that if we made Christians understand that this earth is their home, it is the place where God told you that is given to the sons of men forever. This is what he's given us. When you understand that, then even your business plan changes. Because you realize, wait a minute, when Jesus is fixing to come, he's looking for some people to rule with him. Now if you is broke, you'll be ruled. Isn't that the truth? If there, if there are people to rule with him, there must be people to be ruled. So you, every single tiny bit of truth, what you don't realize as it reconfigures your soul, it enables you to receive more. Every single bit of truth. So a lot of the time, people spend time doing business plans when they should be doing a lot more truth. For to him who has more will be given. And from him who has nothing, even that what he has will be taken away by force. Now pause. Notice what he is saying you have is the word. Not money. 
Now let me explain. In the kingdom, the more word you have, the more everything else you will receive. Are we together? The, Solomon put it like this. He says, in all you are getting, get wisdom. Because if you can get wisdom, you get everything else. Now, what was Solomon saying? Christ is wisdom. Because he was made. Right? So you say, when you say, where Omba, Omba, Utafute, Uso, Wabana, Right? Okay, let me give you practical steps. Right? Uso Wabwana is his word. Those who have seen his word, Christ, have seen God, yes? So looking for the face of God is not going to the mountain waiting for him to appear. My son. Finding the face of God is finding truth. Can we agree? Are we together? Finding the face of God is finding truth. If you can find truth, with it everything will be added. But if you are found without truth, everything will be removed. Ah, let me ask you, why do you think people who follow a world after they lose truth, they also lose their apartment blocks. Hmm. Did you hear what I just said? Are we together? Because what is held and kept with you is not kept because you are professional and good at what you do. It is kept because you are already a store of truth. So they cannot take it away from you. Listen, let me, let me tell you how powerful truth is. Eh? Michael Jackson, right? Great singer, right? Now, imagine that he became a refugee, right? And he landed in Congo, right? What do you think his first hassle would be? That's the first thing he'll do. Because... no. I am not a dancer. <laughs> Negative voices. Listen. All Michael Jackson would ever have to do if he took away all his wealth and he wants to make it back, he just needs to sing, right? Because for as long as he knows the truth, then no matter where you put him, right, his truth will attract his wealth. Correct? True, right? Now, please understand then the ability to keep what you have or to even get more is based on the truth you live. So everything you lose and cannot retain is because your level of truth has not arrived there. Let me give you an example. A huge percentage 
of gambling winners who win even billions of dollars eventually return to poverty. Why? Because their truth does not qualify to hold that wealth. So similarly in your life, you know, we used to say that when you get boom or help in campus, we used to say unaikula paka irudi manageable levels. No, and it's true. Have you ever noticed when someone gives you a large amount of money, your brain goes crazy until it comes back to where you're used to, then you know how to budget. <laughs> so it's true. Because the truth you have does not have the capacity to handle the excess. So it must be taken away to the level of truth you have. Ah, my goodness. I, I, am I talking to someone? Everything in your life, right? If you have gotten a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you thought, oh my God, she or he is too good for me, you realize that three months later it was true they are too good for you. They left your truthless ass. <laughs> understand what I mean? Life must adjust to the truth you have. And the more truth you have, the more life is demanded to give you because all of life was created based on the word. So the more of the word you have, the more you can keep. Are we together? So it continues to say, and he said, the kingdom of God is like a man. It's like you who scatters seed upon the ground. Right? Please note the problem with the kingdom no one is ever planting. Only scattering. Hmm. Because in the kingdom the rule whatsoever he does prospers. That's the rule. You understand? Whatsoever he does. So in the kingdom, people don't plant. They scatter. You tell me. <laughs> who, of all the parables, have you ever seen anyone planting? It's only scattering. The kingdom is scattered. We'll talk about that another day. And then continues sleeping and rising night and day while the seed sprouts and grows and increases he knows not how <laughs> and the earth produces acting by itself first the blade then the ear then the full grain in the ear <laughs> you guys don't understand when you have truth the earth works for you. Because it was created by the truth. So it knows its master. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, let me, let me explain. Because this happens to you in your life all the time. You call them cycles. 
it. And, uh, if you want to know cycles well, check people who go to the club. There's a guy akienda club lazima kutakuwa na vita. Yo vita iko kwa club iko ndani yake. So when he goes to the club the earth working by itself produces fast the feast. <laughs> right? Kuna jamaa akienda club kila time atakuwa na genge wa jamaa wanapiga story. That story is in But you know this about yourself. Unaingiangatua circumstance you know the seed in you ye ground ikiingia tu hivi you know how it is going to go. Because of what you carry. Now a lot of Christians do not understand that what you carry changes the circumstance more than what you do. They don't understand it. And by the way that's how grace works. In other words, you walk into a place they've been fishing all night, but what you carry attracts fish. Ah. So the net will be full because you are there. That's why it says the man who has the seed, the man when he scatters the seed the earth will produce now what you don't understand is all your life what you have and what has been produced has been the seed you've been scattering now the reason you do not know it is the seed you scatter is subconscious it's all conscious have you ever noticed the people who push you away the most complain no one is there for them the most. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the most ironic thing? (laughs) The people who tell you everything they do in their life tells you stay away. No one is there for me. Because the reason they are probably doing it again is because of a seed they have. They were told by their parents, down water. So now you carry you carry you carry an anti fellowship inside you. You understand? So because you are anti-fellowship, what happens in your everyday action is to push people away. When that tree is grown because that's what you planted, you are alone. Then you start blaming. Listen. There are people who get fired. And if you ask them, they'll tell you, Akimina kwanganaba my friend no, no, no. it is you because people don't understand sometimes what you carry 
is an injury someone caused you. Your dad promised you a bike it never came. And now you trust no one. Right? And what happens? Every person you meet, you treat like the liar you met first. And you keep producing liars. Then you to be a generational curses. Because what you don't understand is the earth is responding to the seed of truth in your heart. What I'm simply saying is your circumstance is your own fault. Say it. <laughs> for once, <has> a <laughs> for, for once has <laughs> I've never heard you say that. <laughs> Are we connecting? You see, I don't have time to, to, to go because I have a few more scriptures to share. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain and, and, and try and put this in a nutshell so we're on the same page and we have a nice pretty bow. Right? All I'm simply saying is there's a part of you inside you, which the Bible calls the heart, scientists call the subconscious, right? Which is the you that tells you. You know when, when you wake up and you tell yourself to wake up, that you, that you, that you is the you you need to strengthen. Okay? That you is strengthened by truth. Okay? That you inside you practices truth by accepting it and making it a subconscious reality. When you do that, that's called repentance. Right? And holiness, by the way. Are, are we together? Huh? <laughs> no, that's how it's supposed to be. If they're going to do repentance and holiness, that's what they will do. The inner man will change. Right? Now, that change is called that when your you pushes back and says Staki kwamka. the ability to tell that you uh, listen you are going to get up because the word says I have a mission that is called a doer of truth right that you when has wrongs you Okay? Or let me make it better. When Mark has a clande and you get angry because he's a preacher, right? <laughs> that you that refuses to forgive Mark, and there's a you that knows you should forgive. You know those two? Right? When you practice the you that follows the word despite what the other you feels, that's called doing truth. Right? When someone has your loan and they've not paid you back, and there is a you that wants to take 
again and go after your money but there is a you that remembers the word that says forgive your debtors when you practice that you to forgive and overcome the you that was saying go get your money that is what is called doing truth right so when he says doers of the word that's what it means are we together so it is not a process. It is a question of your heart being tamed by you. Are we on the same page? Are we, are we together? Now, that practice of doing that is actually what is called faith. Are we together? Because that action, what does it do? If has owes me a million bob, right and i choose to forgive it requires that i believe in god to deal with whichever one million bomb hole i now have in my life correct and that's what is called faith and that's why it comes together with the word when you hear the word right that's where faith comes from are we on the same page so the word will come the word faith is not forgive hands i will buy you a car no <laughs> right faith is this that god has told me to forgive hands of the million bobby owes me that automatically means that i am trusting the one who instructed me to take care of my million bob that's faith Are we on the same page now the more of that truth you practice in your life whatever it is right the more of that truth you practice in your life the more the earth is already programmed god does not need to send no fresh blessing from heaven the earth is already programmed to receive that seed which you've scattered because when i practice forgiveness i've scattered my seed and that's why it says scattering because every time you practice truth it feels like you're losing without a business plan every time you practice truth you understand every time you practice truth you feel like this thing has left me but now the earth is programmed to do one thing when it receives that seed it says you know what you go to sleep it will work you know not how and it will produce fruit do you understand you see i am teaching you godly mechanics as in literally steps you can take to live a successful godly life and you see you may say oh that seems so strange how can it work but my dear friends do you forget that when you open a shop do you know which customer is going to come in the morning so you do it anyway. But all the Bible is asking you, or God is asking you, that instead of risking on self, because when you open a business, you're risking on self, all the Bible is asking you is to risk on others. Same difference. And the earth working by itself will produce for you a harvest. Are we together? So, let me give you 
a good exercise to do. It's called tomorrow morning. <laughs> right? <You> know, <laughs> when you wake up tomorrow morning, the other you will have a set of instructions for you. Mostly how tired you're feeling. The weekend should come. Or you know if I had a better job. You know all those nonsense things. Can you train yourself to tell yourself? That's it. And what do you tell yourself? What the word said? Simple. So when you wake up tomorrow and you have problems but you are told which is the book of Bukusu. Right? And you know you know that no, you're called to carry one another's burdens. Then you wake up and you face yourself. Because that's what happens with a lot of men and women with ego. You have to wake up and tell yourself, listen, you know what? I'm going to let someone else carry my burden. Because there'll be a you telling you what aje then are you telling you that's what God says? Then are you, 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 you know that game. The more the you that sides with God wins, the more will be added. Are we on the same page? That's chapter one. This one we should write a book. So I will not add yeah, you know, this is what is written in your heart. We thought we were getting somewhere. Guys, <laughs> now let me put it to you in perspective, yeah? So you understand. I honestly pray that out of this victory series, even just two or three will get it. Because the lives of everyone else will change. I have, this is one of those things I have labored to teach, to get to this point for years. Because any Christian who understands this, any Christian who understands it, will take off like a rocket. I can guarantee you. Hmm. But my friends, it will come with trials. I can tell you for free. This someone has been birthed from any literal birth pains. <laughs> because there's something interesting that uh, God showed me about month or so back and he tells me I will never leave you nor forsake you now because I know this practice and it's what I do I, I went straight into the me me conversation I was telling me listen God has said he'll never leave you nor forsake you like, hey, are you sure what if right? I had that entire conversation then I fell horribly terribly sick and I was like, wait, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. 
Right? Because can I tell you something? And this is what we'll talk about next week. You must fight to keep your truth. Listen. Last tip. The devil does not give you stress or pleasure or forgetfulness so that you don't get your car or your wife or whatever it is you think you want. You know, I'm trying to buy a car but the devil is frustrating me. No, 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 no. 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 If you read the parable of the sower, and I beg you to read it, it says there was seed that fell by the wayside. Do you remember? And the demons came and took the seed. The devil is not attacking you. You're not that important. is after the word. He's, that's what he wants. And he brings you great temptation, great trial, great pleasure, whatever it is. His main purpose is very simple. That you will abandon the word. And sometimes the abandonment is easy. He tells you, I will be with you no matter what. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The devil sometimes just wants you to adjust the scripture a little bit. Except sometimes. Then you begin to put your exceptions. When I'm sick, when I'm broke, you adjust the word. So, He's not interested in anything else, guys. It's not you and you, your car, your Pajero, your husband, your wife. No. All he wants is that the only way revelation and the word comes into this earth, the only way this earth changes is if the word is grown by a son. It's the only way it changes. So the only way he can stop the world from changing is if he can get a stupid son who will let go of the word to go chase the wind. See you next week. That was an easy someone.